0: caution. Listening to this podcast may motivate you to make positive changes in your life, identify ways to accelerate your career trajectory, and develop a path towards financial freedom. This is the Career Meets World podcast, and I'm your host, Edward Gorbis. And I've spent the last 10 years focused on helping thousands of people advance their career while in parallel teaching a secret recipe to reach financial independence. And I'm here to share the untold stories of successful people and teach thousands of listeners how to develop a growth mindset. Our minds are malleable and everyone has the power to change their mindset through perseverance, dedication, and a passion for learning. So if you're ready to skyrocket your business and financial literacy, turn up the volume and let's dive right in. This is the Career Meets World Podcast. Hey Jenna, so today we are reversing the tables a little bit and I am excited to chat with you because you're somebody that I've been partnering with lately as we've been working together with Constant House LA and Career Meets World, and you are a thriving young adult who just graduated from USC, and you're entering the world through an interesting time, which is certainly what we're living through, an unprecedented pandemic in our lifetime. There's so much going on right now, so much uncertainty but you're somebody who's very level-headed and you are interested in learning how to persevere through this time, how to get ahead. You're focused on your finances, understanding how to grow Constant House alongside your partner and sister, Dana. So I'm excited to chat with you today. we will keep this very lighthearted. First of all, how's your day been? Hi, Eddie. Thank you, that
1: was so nice. My day is good. I'm readjusting back home in the Bay Area, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you.
0: Awesome. So as I mentioned, the goal is for you to kind of shift things around and really put me on the hot seat. I often put my guests on the hot seat at the end of every episode. So I figured in the spirit of getting to know myself as well as as really thinking through as somebody who's in your shoes, really kind of stepping into the new world post college, I wanted to be able to provide more insight, more information. And we figured, why not share it with everyone? So, Jenna, you can fire away with any questions that you have today.
1: Thank you. And yeah, I mean, to go off of that, it's been such a resource to have you over the past few months um, as a partner and someone that we get to talk to on a weekly basis and help with this crazy transition, as you mentioned, and bounce ideas off of each other. And it's a way to keep us both energized, I think, which has been really fun. Um, So I'm excited. I wanna just open some of the conversations that we've had over the past few months candidly and speak to them here so that we can share them with the Constant House community, with Career Meets World community, my friends who are in a, you know, transition as I am, and um, I think could really benefit from what you have to say here. Absolutely. So starting off, I think one of the first things I want to do is just for everyone who is entering a new job or a new career, either for the first time or for the hundredth time, um, a lot of people are switching things up right now and starting new jobs, and What do you think makes for a successful transition? Let's start there.
0: Really good question. Tough one off the bat, especially because things are so different right now. And there's no playbook. Everything that we've previously learned that works maybe in a cookie cutter fashion is no longer valid, except in my personal belief, there's one thing that will outlast time. And that's building relationships with people and building deep, meaningful, impactful relationships that really provide value. So Mm -hmm. how does that manifest today? How does that work today? Especially if you're starting a new job remotely, right? You don't get that same human energy, stepping into the office, grabbing a coffee with somebody. It's very different. So it's really on the individual to be extremely proactive, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas before you might float by, Uh, the the break room or somebody stepping out for lunch you go grab lunch with them that just doesn't exist today so it's on us to be a little bit more thoughtful and prescriptive with setting up time really just getting to know people especially if you're starting out a new job as your first job or your third job it really doesn't matter to me that recipe works and especially once we have some semblance of normal again and you kind of go back into the working environment, you'll have those relationships and you're able to accomplish a lot more at work. For Without sure. relationships in the corporate world or in any aspect of life, you're just not going to be successful.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's good advice for both the corporate world and for the entrepreneurship world because I think, so with working with my sister and we're not around hundreds of people a day anyway, so we we've had to learn how to create those relationships without seeing people in an office every day. Um, so yeah, that, that goes both ways.
0: To that point though. And if we think about the entrepreneurial side of things, and, and part of the reason why I love working with the both of you every single week is if you are a creator, you're an entrepreneur, you're just starting out that launch pad for yourself, mm-hmm. it's important to build community. And a community of people who will motivate you, inspire you, keep you accountable. And again, that's valid for any angle, whether you're a corporate or entrepreneur and kind of running your own business. But I think especially in that world where things are tough, things are a little bit nebulous, and the world's a little bit crazy right now, we need that stability and community is really going to help us.
1: Yeah, and the the people that excite us and make us think differently and um you know open up conversations like being around the same few people every day in our homes it obviously can feel a little monotonous and at least for me I feel like I'm the most creative when things are happening really quickly so in order to like create some of that momentum you really have to add that in and like consciously add that in
0: so. Absolutely. I think there's this energy, this kind of magnetic environment that we create when we're working together and you get a different school of thought, right? Absolutely. So when we work in isolation, it gets a little bit lonely as well. So community is really the way to go.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Another another question I have for you um, is about, you, you posted something the other day about how discovering your passion takes intuition and being curious. And I thought a lot about that and how we can foster that more in our lives because I think especially in just coming out of college, I was surrounded by thousands of students who were on pretty similar paths even though we're all studying different things. We're all Studying from 18 to 22 and then, you know, one summer getting an internship and then graduating to like it is still a pretty steady path. Um, and how when we're when we feel like we're kind of in a, in, in that, how do we, how do we discover more about ourselves and, and, you know, follow our own paths in those kinds of systems.
0: It's a really good question, and it took me a really long time to break through that. So you mentioned right now you, you again, just graduated, and a lot of your peers and friends, they're going through what I call the motions, right? Mm -hmm. It is a set path. We know what we signed up for. We know the cost. We think we know the value that we're getting at the end of that road, and that's what's been prescribed by our system right? So for me, I went down that path. I did it for 10 years. Along the way, I picked up two master's degrees and I felt like that's what I had to do. And it wasn't until truthfully last year when I was at WeWork. WeWork was the hyper growth company of the last decade. And we were supposed to have this magical IPO and it flopped. And it flopped publicly, and it was embarrassing to be a part of the organization when everything was going so well. So in that moment, I started to reflect on what happened, why it happened, how was I a part of it, how did I contribute to it, how was I kind of a part of this whole situation. And what I learned was that it was kind of the first time in my career that I truly questioned why I was doing the work that I was doing.
1: Interesting,
0: yeah. So I've been kind of like traveling down this path for 10 years, barreling at full speed. And I stopped finally because uh, of the situation at WeWork. And it was a really healthy moment for me because I was able to reflect. And I started to get really, really curious about what I was doing, why I was doing it. And that kind of deep stated why is really essentially what led to that post, but also what I'd recommend for people is question why you're doing something, question whether or not it brings you joy and happiness, and think about what are the patterns that we consistently see on a day-to-day basis. So one practice I've started is journaling more. So for me, when you write down the same thing every single day and you realize that's what brings me joy, It's really easy to understand that's a clear pattern. That's something that I could look more into. I could start asking myself questions around it. I think before it was acceptable to somewhat bypass personal growth or personal thought. Society would give us these opportunities to say, look, I'm gonna go down this route. It's relatively safe, it's healthy. But all that's out the window again. And now it's a reset button for a lot of people to really question. So I think the ultimate answer is really question why you're doing something and understand whether or not it really brings you joy. Because I'd rather recommend that people struggle for a few years trying to figure themselves out and figure out, like, what is their why than to... Mm -hmm invest 10 years like I did into a corporate career that afforded me a ton of great opportunities, but it wasn't necessarily what I want to do going forward.
1: Right. Do you think that the that being in that environment, though, for 10 years led you to be able to question your why? Like, do you need action to then be able to question? Or can you do that in, like, peace? You know, can you do that just being on your own or do you need the experiences and do you need the action to, to be able to ask those questions?
0: You hit the nail on the head. The action and experience is critical. What I wish I knew and what I'm recommending to people now is as you go through the experience, be mindful and kind of critical and aware of how you feel. Are you enjoying that experience (laughs) and be able to pivot faster? right? So Mm -hmm. I've made a lot of different pivots in my career, but I think those micro pivots can happen faster. And the length of the experience doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to be as long as mine was. And everyone has their own life journey. But I think with the amount and abundance of information right now, we just make those decisions a lot
1: quicker. Yeah. And I think my generation specifically has been lucky enough that we have been told to follow our passions and to do what brings us joy and I think a lot of times that actually makes us a little bit frozen because when there are some when it feels like there are so many options then where do you even begin and if you're just doing what you need to do to survive and make a stable income and you know then that's a little bit easier then the world is your oyster and what makes you happy that's a that's a and so I think also part of that is just try something because you can kind of get stuck in the overthinking of, of, you know, what the joy and what the passion is.
0: Exactly. So one thing I'll add on to that is imagine you're exactly where you are right now. You just graduated college. Without that experience, how are you supposed to know? what you might enjoy. And as the internet consumption has gone up by over 50% since the start of this year due to COVID, people are bombarded by so much information online. You could go down this route or that route, you can start an e-commerce business, you can start a branding business, you can start a coaching business. There's so many things that we can do right now. And without that experience, Like you said, how is somebody supposed to know what they enjoy? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My recommendation there is go talk to seasoned people. Go talk to people who have had that experience. can certainly be myself, but I definitely recommend getting a diverse group of thought. And challenge yourself to go network and build new relationships with people who are five, ten years above you. It's easier now than ever to go reach out to people, so... If you are interested in a field, go find somebody on LinkedIn that is working in that profession or has worked in that profession for five to 10 years. If you mm-hmm. send them a thoughtful, short, polite message, more than likely, they're going to respond and give you the time of day to learn. So That is the formula that I think will work for the next, call it six months. Beyond that, I can't predict the future, but I think for the next six months there's an opportunity to go deeply network and learn faster from people
1: yeah i think so too It's a good point um another well actually before i go there what has been what has surprised you like moving into pursuing your own venture and what have you enjoyed the most without it lo-
0: I love the question because uh, as people get to know me more and more, I used to be, and I still am to some extent, fairly rigid and operational, and that's how my mind works, right? I was always deeply curious about engineering and science, and that's what I pursued early in my career. So some element of my mind is still programmed that way. So I think what's been challenging is kind of restructuring that and being okay with producing things that are maybe 80, 90% developed, maybe even less than that than being a perfectionist. So it's something that I personally have been working through as well because I like to produce high quality work, but sometimes we sacrifice high quality work for the time that it takes as well. So for me, that's been a little bit of a transition uh, and you're wearing a lot of hats. Right, I think you're learning this as well really quickly that as you step into your own business, you are wearing every single hat as a founder, and you're responsible for sales, marketing, product, uh, just all of that outreach, and it varies throughout the day. So it's really important for us to be structured with our schedule and discipline, and and learn the power of no, and learn how to really invest time into the right things so for me that's been really the growth process and that's what i'm enjoying now and i'm figuring out exactly where do i invest my time so it benefits the business it benefits the clients and i think there's also a period of time that you need to invest for yourself and that's what i'm continuing to do is so as i continue to grow my clients can continue to grow as well
1: mm-hmm. i love i love that Do you feel like you need more personal you time now that you're on your own than you maybe did when you were at your job?
0: I think yes. I think yes. And more broadly, I would argue most people with the pandemic right now need more. That's a hard question. (laughs) More me time. But with the business with the business what's interesting and again i think this is valid even if you're in a corporate setting is to take the time to question what you're enjoying and what you're not enjoying what went well that day and what didn't if we kind of stumble and sleepwalk through life we're not going to be aware of these things so i think it's really important to take that time so personally I've found me time to be relatively new and it wasn't until mid last year that that came into my life. Um, do I need it more now? Probably, but I would argue most people need it more now just yeah. to decompress from everything.
1: Yep. And they need it and they should have it.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Moving on to some personal finance questions. Cause that's been a huge resource for me recently with you. Um, I, I love your perspective on investing and on saving and all the graphics you make on Instagram about this. Um, let's just start very broadly. What is your advice to a 22-year-old just starting their career? How can they set themselves up for success financially?
0: First and foremost, I would say a plan is super important. Failing to plan is planning to fail as I've always been taught. So oftentimes, especially in our society, we live in a consumeristic world. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that most young adults want to do with their first paycheck is reward themselves. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What does rewarding yourself mean, right? Most of the time we buy something that is a depreciating asset. I'll watch a car some other fancy object that we probably saw on Instagram scrolling and we impulsively bought it. I'm guilty of this myself. I'm not any better than anyone else. I've done this periodically throughout my life. But what I've learned is that the plan needs to consist of thinking about your future, right? And being in alignment with what do you want to get out of this life, right? If you're hungry, if you're ambitious, if you're motivated, if you have bigger dreams and have that vision, that plan will help you stay disciplined. So I think understanding what your personal plan is, short-term, medium-term, and long-term. So let's define that. Short-term would be within the next three years. Mid-term would be three to seven years. And then long-term is call it seven, 10 years beyond that. And really thinking through, if you're 22 and you just graduated college, what do you wanna accomplish in those time periods? And then you start to work backwards. Right? And then you start to look at your paycheck and break down how much do I need to spend for my expenses, right? your rent, your food, uh, just those basic necessities in life. And then you take a fraction of it, you put it into some savings account. right? I think the best place to har- kind of harbor it is not necessarily in a basic checking account. It's, there's high yield savings account that fluctuate anywhere from one to one and a half percent. It's the easiest place to keep your money. Um, even that is still a deflation rate, but we can get to that in a second. So savings, pay your expenses, and the rest just put into investing. But investing means a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. I think investing, at least personally for me, it was always put in the stock market, put it in the stock market, that's the only place that we can put money investing again one can mean invest in yourself if you want to learn something if you want to pick up a new skill it's okay to spend your income on new things and continue to learn it can be getting a coach for whatever it might be if you want to learn to crochet that's fine if you want to become a better athlete go do that that's perfectly fine but again you're investing in that And you're investing in yourself. But obviously, a lot of people think about investing as it relates to growing their money. So my number one piece of advice is once you've gone through that whole exercise of figuring out what your plans are, how do you want to just pay for daily life today and have a savings budget or a rainy day budget in case an emergency happens or something happens, you might lose your job. Uh, You might not have as much income when it comes to your personal business. So we need to make sure that we're allocating some funds. But once we do all of that, you can start investing into markets and start compounding your future, right? I think literally the best thing you can do for yourself to set yourself up for success in your short, mid or long-term goals is start to invest. And a lot of people look at the markets and they're extremely volatile. And I think you and I have talked about this separately, but let's rehash it is that markets fluctuate all the time. And over the last 150 years, the stock market every decade on average has gone up 10%. So there's only been one decade when that didn't happen. And that was between
1: 2000, 2010, Mm
0: -hmm. uh, it was just obviously the 2008 recession erased all of the gains as well as the dot-com collapse. But outside of that, markets will grow. So there's obviously like more tactical, more detailed things you can do in terms of investing and figuring out where you allocate your money. Uh, but I'd say start with putting some money into the markets, right? So that could be a mutual funds, It could be index funds. It could be ETFs, it could be individual stocks. Do your research, and there's multiple ways of doing that. I'm not necessarily going to give individual stock tips, but that's where I would say is the exciting, fun part. Once you're able to cover the basics, you're able to start investing in yourself and in your future.
1: Yeah. I mean, I go back to something you said earlier first. Something that really stood out to me was when you said that the long term is seven to 10 years from now. Because that puts every that makes everything seem easier to handle. I think when I hear people say short term, you know, long term, I I think like long term is fifty years from now, and I'm like, how can I even conceptualize how to plan for that? But I think thinking of it as you know three years, five years, ten years makes that feel a lot more tangible.
0: Good. I'm glad. And the thing to reinforce there is that look, we can't plan what's gonna happen 50 years from now. Do we need to set ourselves up for financial wealth and success down the road? Of course, but I'd rather have people be able to focus on the next 10 years of their life and really maximize their personal growth or financial growth. Through that, you will inevitably be putting in some money into a four hundred one k or Roth IRA, any type of IRA that you you might look into as an entrepreneur or somebody who runs their own business. So that will happen naturally, but I think the focus and the plan has to be concentrated on the next ten years and broken apart into bite sized pieces.
1: I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, what I agree with you that like if you're you're putting money in the stock market, that is a long term play. And I agree with you. How do you feel about entering the stock market right now? Like if you don't have any money in the stock market and you're a 22 year old with your first salary or maybe you don't have whatever. But do you recommend jumping in now in this environment or would you wait a year just simply because we don't know what's going to happen? right now especially
0: it's a good question and i'll put it in the framework of the short middle and long-term goals so the reason i say that is if you invest today and you care about pulling money out in the mid and long-term range i would say it doesn't matter if you put it in today a month from now or six months from now because the reality is it's a longer-term hold and this kind of cyclical event that we're having right now. And it's oscillating back and forth every single month. It will continue for some time, but the markets will stabilize. The world will continue to expand and grow and there's gonna be new innovation. Uh, So I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. I would recommend doing deep research on where you're putting your money. It doesn't mean not all stocks are created equally, not all companies are created equally. And the one thing I always wanna remind people who are investing for the first time when you're buying shares or equity of any company, you are a fractional owner of that company. So I want people to internalize what that means because you are a part-time owner and you're kind of passive when it comes to it, but your responsibility is to do the research before you buy any stocks. So whether it's stocks or funds that are comprised of multiple stocks, it's your responsibility to do your homework. So, Don't just go transfer money from your paycheck into a Robinhood account and and dump something on a random stock. Make sure you do your homework and understand what that stock is, what that company is, who sits on the board of that company. Do you feel like you trust these people? Go a little bit deeper than the average things that we read in articles, and then you're able to make those decisions. So to really summarize kind of what I'm saying as well as your question is, if you're investing in the short term, and you need this money, and you feel like you might need to pull it out within the next year. You have to ask yourself, what is your appetite for risk, right? So, yes, the market will be risky for the next one to two years. Uh, I think there's the news is going to heavily influence the behavior of the market, especially with the election coming up in the U.S., especially with the uncertainty of the vaccine. the the overall validity of it. So it's going to bounce back and forth. You want to invest for the long-term. It's fine if you put your money in. If the market goes down, do not panic because understand that you have a plan and that plan consists of holding that money in the market for the next, call it three to 10 years, whatever that longevity is for you.
1: Love it. That was very helpful.
0: Good, I'm glad. What else comes to mind for you?
1: Um, I, my next question was going to be about like how to choose what to invest in. And I think you kind of answered that in the last, um, response. Is there anything you'd want to add to that?
0: I see a lot of people also, and we've both read articles around this, that people are sitting at home right now and are little bit bored or most humans have a tendency to want to take on some risk as it relates to money so there's a lot of people day trading right now Mm -hmm. and I would say again day trading is perfectly fine Mm -hmm. to be honest it's something that I do every morning for one hour out of the day Um, and we can go into that separately but It's something that I take the time to study, understand it, understand how to do it, understand why to do it, when not to do it. And I see a lot of people gambling right now. So what I'd recommend to people is that day trading can be part of your plan. Just make sure that you're thoughtful about it. You understand the true risk and the emotional roller coaster that might come with it, uh, And it's not something I'd recommend for somebody who's just right out of college unless you deeply know what you're doing and have taken the time to learn what that looks like.
1: Absolutely. One more question for you that comes from another one of my favorite graphics on the Career Meets World Instagram. Um, It's about the rational mind and the emotional mind and where they come together. And you call that the wise mind. I thought a lot about this after you posted it. I think intuitively we are either leaning more emotional or leaning more rational and we are always trying to balance that a little bit. Um, And I think in our careers and even like throughout school, there's much more emphasis on the rational mind than there is the emotional mind. Um, What do you think about that? Do you think that they're equally important it's a
0: good question and it's a good point that oftentimes school is very much focused on empirical learning and focused on teaching us the theory and maybe a little bit of the practice of any type of profession. Rarely do we go super deep on how people think, how people operate, how people behave in any type of work setting, how to work with clients, how to empathize with people. So that part of it isn't necessarily something that is taught but it's important to understand because we are human beings right i think it's really really important to go back to the basics humans aren't almighty we don't we're not computers that can operate very systemically and we have feelings so part of what i teach and coach people is that It's really important to not just understand our personality and go through a Myers-Briggs type of test, but really to understand our biology and understand how people think. Because the only difference between human beings and any animal species is our neocortex. But when we first consume any information, whether it's you and I talking right now and your initial and immediate response, or you learning something, or there might be a difficult situation happening. Everything is first processed through our amygdala. And every animal on the planet has an amygdala. And what that really does is a place for your body to quickly and immediately classify whether something is dangerous or not. Is it threatening my survival or is it not? So Oftentimes when people might have a negative reaction to something that's not necessarily threatening their environment, uh, it's because that's how their amygdala is programmed. And why bring this up is that that is the emotional part of our mind. The way to have a wise mind is to obviously have information, consume information to learn consistently and always be a student for life. And as we do that, it's really important to understand how we personally react. And even better, the people that we work with, it's important to be very present in how they react to different things and really understand their identity so that you can better speak to it. And that's what I believe is the wise mind. So you're able to process and convey information to other people in a way that's gonna land with them, in a way that's gonna help them process it even faster. And it won't ever be threatening for their amygdala because you know exactly how they might react. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's a really important balance and like just emphasizing the emotional mind and, and where that comes in is like for leadership especially, I think is really really important.
0: Exactly. I think the last thing I'll say is that it's important to understand that it doesn't matter whether you're a small business owner, an early stage entrepreneur in the corporate setting, going into the corporate setting, everything in business is a game. Like we literally made it up because right. humans no longer are the majority. Well, I wouldn't say the majority, a, a good portion of us and the ones that are very, very fortunate are not struggling for just survival. So everything else is just a game and the way to be really successful and the way to grow your business, the way to become a leader quickly in that corporate setting is to balance the rational mind as well as the emotional mind.
1: Awesome. Should we end with some rapid fire questions like you do to other people?
0: (laughs) Awesome. Doubling the hot seat. Let's do it
1: hot seat, that's what you call it. Okay. If you could go to dinner with three people, celebrity or not celebrity. Actually, let's just do celebrities. Three celebrities you'd want at the dinner table.
0: Hmm. So celebrities does not imply CEOs, just to clarify.
1: It could be. Public figures, let's say that.
0: Cool. All right. So The three that I would invite um, and I'll let's go. Elon Musk. Uh, I grew up playing tennis, so I'm an avid fan as well. Uh, I've seen her play multiple times. She's incredible. I would say Maria Sharapova. Um, I just think she's really has a mindset that is unbreakable. It doesn't matter what happens. the third one would probably be Steve jobs. Uh, I think he was arguably one of the most innovative people of like our lifetime and, and passed away too shortly, but he really lived life to the fullest and built so much value for the world. And I think that's really the ultimate goal is building value for people.
1: Awesome. Um, favorite Instagram page to get lost on. That's your own. (laughs)
0: wow good question uh the cop-out answer would be constant house but (laughs) what i'll say there's a really good page that i started following about a year ago and it's actually for both genders and uh it's called man talks and this uh gentleman really puts out valuable content to that's pragmatic reasonable it's non-divisive he's not left he's not right he's just very centered in how he approaches things and he asks very specific questions and provides very specific answers that are targeted for both male and female and it's a really good place to learn as well cool i'll have to check it out i've never heard of it thanks jenna that was super fun uh hopefully it was valuable to you personally hopefully it's valuable to both of our communities that we're building and fostering. And again, if you have any questions, both of us are here to talk about the brand side and I'm here to talk about the career and kind of personal finance side of things. So feel free to reach out to myself or the lovely sisters at Constant House LA. Jenna, thanks for taking the time today and putting me on the hot seat.
1: Thank you Eddie.
0: Hey. Thanks so much for listening to the Career Meets World podcast. I would love to get to meet you. There are a couple of ways we can connect. You know I love my LinkedIn. Simply search for Career Meets World or Edward Gorbis and feel free to connect. Second is via Instagram at Career Meets World. And third is through our website. I have a special spot for you full of fun, free resources. All you have to do is go to careermeetsworld.com, subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll provide you the free resources to help you boost your career and reach financial freedom. And if this podcast was helpful to you in any way, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps us help more people. Simply tap the rate with five stars and leave a sentence with what you liked about the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, strengthening your growth mindset is your ticket to success. I'm Edward Gorbis, and we'll catch you on next week's episode.